All right, we have our first guest ready to go. Brandon Woodruff from the Milwaukee Brewers joining us right now. And let's get into it. You, you like that story? There by he the is. Way? I said, Woo! look, I ain't coming back on unless Lil Kane's on here. So, oh, there's my guy. It's Lil guy. <laughs> Woo, what's going on, Woo? Nothing, man. Just, oh, you know shoot. what it is. Getting through the season. Just go. I hear you, man. I hear you. Good to Hold see on, what's you. What's that man. shirt say? Retired? Retired. I hung up my cleats. Yeah, my I just cleats. want everyone to know. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, Brandon, so let's start with what we were talking about. I don't know if you caught any of it, but it, without most people knowing everything to a story, did you do you have a problem with a pitcher kind of, you know, doing this, looking towards the dugout when he's, when he's celebrating and he just shoved against a team that he thought should have offered him money? Maybe. Uh... I don't know. I'm I'm pretty different uh, in that aspect. I I feel like my mindset with this game is it's such a hard game, and if I'm not completely focused when I go out to try to make a pitch in a baseball game, um, things can go a little sideways. So I I don't tend to show emotion. Um, but Locaine, one of the funniest things is he he's like. I can tell when he's when I'm getting pissed because my face starts getting red. I don't like giving up hits, so when I, when that starts happening, the face starts getting red, and then I start trying to get a little too mad. But I don't I don't try to show too much emotion. Um, I mean, I just try to go out and do my job, make a pitch, get three outs, come in, sit down, and and try to do it again and do it as many times as I can. And that's the only thing I can focus on. Um, but. You know, I say that I've been with one team my whole career, so I don't know what it's like on the other side playing against a former team or, you know, other stuff that's going on the on the other side of the dugouts, you know, with a team that, you know, kind of like you just described. Uh, I missed a little bit of what you guys were talking about, but um, I guess I'm a little bit different in that way. I just try to go out and get out and, and do my job, and that's it. No, and that's fair, and that's you. My thing is, because it's entertaining, and it's cool, and it brings a lot of juice to a May baseball game in the regular yeah. season. So if if someone is celebrating or, or kind of motioning to your dugout, or we were talking about, like, Liam Hendricks, like, and there's been many others, especially closers, who will, like, freak out and kind of act like the team is his ultimate, like, opposition, even if it's not, to fuel them. Do you get pissed off or you're just like, cool, good for you. Um, and let's go get if it. If it's not disrespect, if you're not disrespecting the the other team or one specific person, uh, I think it's fine. I, I think where you start to get to the point where you cross the line a little bit is when you're directly uh, disrespecting your opponent, uh, the game in a way, that's when you start to, to have a little bit of a problem. But um, if you're trying to fire your boys up and your team and – I mean, I don't. There's no problem with that. I mean, there's emotion in this game. Uh, people go about it different ways, but if it's in a, if it's in a good, uh, I guess, organic way. I don't know if that's the right word, but if it's not disrespecting the opposing team or or, or the guy you're in, the, you know, facing the box, then I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I think it adds a little bit of uh, entertainment, like you said. But um, there is a line where you can cross it, and if you don't cross that, then there's there's no problem. Big Woo. I, for one, I want everybody to know, my guy, best left-handed hitting pitcher in the game. Okay? I don't hold know on, if you guys hold on, hold on. Do you got no, these no, no. questions pre-planned or what? No, no. I want to know. Guy, <laughs> okay? Right. You are my guy. You will always be my guy, okay? <laughs> I don't know if we have a clip. I always say, let's check the tape. 
Do we have a clip of, of Big Woo leaning on Kershaw? I mean, taking him way back. We will have it, I'm told, in about 120 seconds. 120 seconds. All right, well, Big we're going to check the tape in 120 seconds. Yeah, he almost, I mean, listen, I, I just, quick question. I just want to know, man, do you miss, do you miss stepping in that box or do you enjoy just focusing on, on just pitching now? Hey, like you said, man, that's the jungle out there in that box. And if you, <laughs> if you ain't ready for it, it'll eat you up. No, it was great until they started throwing all speed and first pitch breaking balls, doubling up. Pitching me inside, throwing me up, down, all this stuff. Y'all, you, the hitters got to go through every day. And then that's when I started struggling, man. I was a little bit of a hitter, and then it turned into like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm ready for the jungle, man. And it's just a, <laughs> it's a fight out there every day. But I tell you what, last year I had a bat in my hand about every inning in between innings. This year, honestly, I ain't really touched one, man. I've kind of let that that part of it go. Um, and right now I'm I'm not I'm not playing I'm not pitching, and I show ain't hitting for a while so um, I just I've been going a little bit crazy man I can't sit still anyway so I might I actually I went in Sharger's equipment room the other day and grabbed a grab my old AP five out sitting in the back and I've been carrying it around with me in the clubhouse so uh, but other than that I don't miss the hitting it's it that stuff's hard man but it was cool to be able to see the other guys on the other side and see what it's like but. Uh, it ain't, it, it ain't, it ain't fun, but I do enjoy the challenge now, but I sit up on that top, top step with the, uh, with the hitting coaches and I act like I know what I'm doing when I'm talking to them, but, um, uh, <laughs> I know it's hard, man. It's, it's hard. Wait, yeah. are you allowed to use, you use Marucho? Oh, here we go. Oh, here Wait, we hold go. On. Wow. Oh. Uh-oh. Woo. Give us the low, play, low. play low. Tell him about it, man. No, way back. Okay, you know, he's excited. He's fired up right here. Yeah, he don't show emotion, hey. though. Hey, let's keep playing. Let's keep <laughs> playing right. now. As he's crossing home plate, he almost broke my arm on the high five. You just just keep watching, keep checking it out. Watch about blue is a UCL right here. Oh, he this. cut it off. Oh man! But my arm bent the backwards, back. man. He almost broke my arm. He was so fired up, so excited. That's what I love about Big Wolf, man. He enjoys it. All he's right. fired up. And like I say, when he's out there, man, it's 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 a joy to play behind him for sure. Oh, okay. I appreciate that. But look, the emotion part, man, I don't know what happened. I don't remember touching first base and I don't remember what I did running all the way to home. I don't remember clapping Locaine's hand. So that part, I don't remember. I remember swinging the bat and that's it. Nice, nice. Yeah, you just said you don't show emotion. There was a lot of emotion running around those bases. Hey, I, like I said, I don't remember it. I don't know what happened. Hey, I blacked so, out. That's it. You, you, you said you're using an AP5. That's a Marucci bat, right? Yeah. Are you allowed to use those? You went to Mississippi State. Marucci was invented at LSU now. I know that. That's what I used last year, and I didn't get a hit. And I, the home run was with a Louisville slugger. So, um, And that was an Eric Sogard bat, in which I got a pretty cool story about that. Shogger, I just saw him for I came, before I came in. He wanted me to give him a shout-out, and this is the perfect opportunity to give him a shout-out. I got a little backstory about this bat. So um, hit the home run. Everything's crazy. You know, we ended up losing that series in game seven, get back home. And my dad, my dad never like asked for anything. Um, and he's like, hey, he's like, you think you could get me that that bat that you hit the home run with? And I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll call. I'll call Shog up real quick or whatever. So I call him up and I was like, hey, do you by chance have the bat? He was in Milwaukee. This is all season. He's like, uh. He's like, I think they're they've they've already sent all the 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 bats and stuff in the truck down to spring training. I think it's there, so we'll we'll get it when we get there. So I show up, didn't forget first day. I said, Hey, Shaw, you got you know you got that that bat. 
And he's like, yeah, let's go back here and look. So we're looking in the back. Can't find it, right? He's like, well, it's, it, it's probably in Milwaukee. Um, I'm sure it's there. We'll get it. Okay, spring training's over. Show up in Milwaukee the first couple of days. I'm like, hey, you, you know, let's let's go find that bat. Um, go in the equipment room. Can't find it. And now he's like, now he's like full panic because he realizes that he doesn't exactly know where this bat is. But he's like, we're going to find this thing. So, um, come to find out, the uh, assistant Phil on the other side of, in Milwaukee. He told Phil to, uh, if any of the guys that aren't on the team, just take their bats and send them down to the minor league side. So I was using the Eric Sogar bat, had his name on it, whatever. Um, so long story short, the bat I hit the home run with got sent down to the minor leagues and probably what I figured happened got broke in the first live action that it took and it died a hero that way. And I never get to, got to give it to my dad. Uh, and I still hold that grudge against uh, Shogger, and man, it just and it crushes him every time we get to get to talk about it. But uh, I just I figured out he wanted a little shout out on the show, so I figured I'd give him a shout out in that way. That's that's a perfect way to give him a shout out. <laughs> nice. Shogger, Losing my Shogger bat, needs man. Needs to be on here. Shogger, Shogger needs to be on here. We're trying to get all types of you know people <laughs> in baseball, writers and pitchers and catchers yeah. and coaches. We need Shogger, the ultimate equipment manager of all time. So, look, you talk about stories. Those guys have the best stories for sure. Incredible stories. Incredible. All right, Big Woo. Now the tough question. All right. How's the Brasso feeling, man? How's the arm feeling? Are we? Are you we? You know what? Progressing. Yes, uh, I played catch. So um, I took about after the injury happened. I had uh, about four weeks where I didn't do much in terms of. I didn't pick up a baseball. I was um, doing the strengthening and in the weight room a lot, um, and then uh, had a little bit of a, a little bit of a hiccup just with a normal ramp up. Uh, Might have went a little too quick, so I took a few days off, and I just started back throwing yesterday, and I felt amazing. So um, hopefully, I'll just be on the on a straight trajectory up, and uh, just have a nice nice build up and, and get back in game action, but. Um, as far as the past week or so, I've been feeling great and play catch. I'm going to play catch again today here in a little bit and, um, just start back with a buildup, man. It's, uh, this is uncharted territory for me. I've never had a arm injury in pro ball. So I'm trying to navigate that a little bit. And, uh, but as of right now, I feel great and I can't wait to, to get back out there and play. And I cannot stand sitting in the dugout watching. Are you traveling with them? Are you traveling with the team home and road? Yeah, I told them uh, apparently they were going to try to play a play a joke on me after the first day I got hurt. Uh, Wade Miley was trying to, to get this all planned with counts, and we were in Arizona when I had the MRI, and I came in the next day, and they wanted to try to tell me that I was going to stay back in Arizona, and um, I think counts didn't kind of want to go through with that that joke. He he said not not this soon. So uh, I guess I I guess I come off as a I mean, guy, I don't, I don't really know. I, you know, I, I probably would have been pissed off, but you know, if that was what they wanted to do, I, we were going to have to settle it. But uh, they were going to have to tell my wife and my little girl that they were going to have to go to Arizona, not me. So, uh, but I am with the team, um, and thankfully, I am with the team because I'd probably go crazy, um, and I'm able to do everything with them. And I, I try to get in early and, and get out of the way, so I'm not interrupting the guys who are healthy and, and playing in the game. And I try to get out of their way, so I'm not a I'm not a burden, so. Do you get bored? Because I, I can't imagine being out. I was never out for this long of a time. But 
Do you get bored? Because I think it'd be boring as hell. You come in, you do you do 20 minutes of this, and you do 20 minutes of shoulder stuff, and then you're like, now I got seven hours to do jack shit. Well, you just go around and you just talk a lot of crap. That's what you do. So, uh, I, man, you know, I, I keep myself, I don't know. Yeah, I do a lot of talking. Uh, Ozzy, our, our hitting coach, he's always on me. He's, he's like, uh, it, it, I never shut up. So, uh, Lowe and, and Kratzy can attest to that. I just, I just want to talk to people, man, in the clubhouse. I just want to go up and talk and hang out. So, I pass the time that way. But, yeah, it gets uh, – it gets a little boring when you don't get in that five day routine and um and you look up and you're you're getting a pitch, you know, you know, so quick and it's already guys are already ten outings in for starters. So I definitely get bored in that sense. Um but I do have stuff to, to keep me busy and I do like to talk to a lot of folks. So no, that passes the time. So today marks the anniversary for Ryan Braun's first ever game in the big leagues. Do you spend more or less time on the training table now than Braun would getting <laughs> massages when he was healthy? Oh, God bless, man. Uh, that's tough, man. I'm on the aisle, so I'm supposed to be on the table getting ready, but I'd like to say I'm not I'm not even close, so I'm going to stick with that. I ain't even close, man. Not it. So another good little story, uh, Brian Anderson, I guess he had caught wind that, you know, Bronny, Bronny liked to come in and he'd put the hot pack on his back. And that was kind of his thing as soon as he got to the field. So, um, and loosen up. And I guess he heard that Bronny did that a lot. So he, uh, he come into the training room the other day and he was like, uh, they were like, you know, you can either get in the hot tub, warm up a little bit, or we can put a hot pack on you. He's like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, he's like, I don't want to get made fun of. So no, nobody's going to make fun of you. Go ahead. You don't have to get just put a hot pack on. He put the hot pack on and I was somewhere and he come, he come walking out of the training room and I was like, what's up, Ronnie? And he kind of looked at me, walked, kept walking through the door and he came back and I got like this desk there, man. So I don't know if I, I want to mess with him anymore, but, um, I guess that still floats around, but I, I wouldn't say I'm on the training table as much as, as much as he is. Not, not now. <laughs> hey, when you come back and you're making rehab appearances, What's the plan? How does that work? I mean, obviously you still got some time, but are you going to yeah. like, you know, make the phone call, find out where, where the best, I mean, it's usually in a kind of middle of nowhere spot. Yeah, so. but no, but you pick, you try to pick your schedule. So you're at home. You want to pitch at home, right? So your first one out, you don't want to pitch on the road. So he'd pitch at home. Right. But and I'm then, talking about the food order too. Then on top of that, uh, you he better, yeah, he's buying everyone's I, That's what I'm saying. Oh. So like, oh. get, get, give me the whole 100%. process there of how that works. Right. Like, when, when we fast forward, whenever it is, a few weeks, and you're like, all right, ready for rehab. Like, what's the combo? Yeah. How do you get yourself at home? How do you set up the food to take care of everyone and for them to be like, oh, shit, this guy's legit? So the the great thing is having Appleton, which is like an hour and a half away. Um, if, if they're at home, I can literally do everything here and just literally drive over on the day I got to go throw in this pitch and come right back. Uh, so that's the easiest. Nashville's pretty close. I mean, that's a short flight. Um, so like last year I threw an Appleton, I got in the car, drew, drove over. Um, and basically when you show up to the field, you just get with the clubby there. And I, and I, I had already talked to him at that point, but I told him, I was like, you know, I'll, what, what do the guys want? I'll get them whatever they want. Um, and I think I, I can't remember what I ended up getting them. Um, but you just bomb spread as soon. So you take care of that. As soon as you get to the field, they ask you what you need. Um, 
and you already kind of come with everything you need. But that, the first thing you take care of is you go see the manager, go talk to him, go talk to the staff, and then uh, you get all the the uh, food order and everything, you know, squared away and uh, get that situated so the guys can enjoy a good meal after the game. And uh, because when you go to the minor leagues, man, it's bad. There's some there's some bad bad food and bad. Uh, stuff going on so if you can just help those guys out and give them a good meal it ain't even gonna be anything really nice but just something different um maybe like outback or chick chick-fil-a is a, a big hit but um i think i ended up doing texas roadhouse last year for them and uh steaks and and uh baked potatoes and stuff like that so they uh they really like that and then go go pitch and and this was the first time i think i realized last year to loosen up a little bit i show up and this place is like packed. You know, it's an hour and a half from Milwaukee, and it's like sold out. There's like six thousand fans there. The place is packed. They're having like a a little league, uh, little league. Uh, I don't know what you want to call. It. They brought out a bunch of teams, so they're like, I'm like warming up in center field, and these kids are just like giving me high fives. And you know, usually when I'm getting ready for a game, I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing. So that was really the first time I, I come through there giving them high fives and was having fun and. Um, so it's pretty cool to go back. You don't ever want to go rehab and go back down, but you you uh, you appreciate that part of it going back and seeing you know how really bad it was, and now you're in a spot where you can help those kids out, and they'll remember that even if it's just a good meal. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what it looks like. That's good. Yeah, you got to buy Cracker Barrel because you love Cracker Barrel. I once bought Cracker Barrel. I love it. It was great. It was fat with chicken and dumplings in a little pan. It works out perfect. You get all the stuff. Yeah, all the sides and fixings. But if you go play for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, have you ever milked a cow? No, I haven't. Okay, I haven't. So, and okay, so, no. So Kratz, he's the other day he wore a Timber Rattlers hat, and their name was the Wisconsin Utter Tuggers. Now you went to Mississippi State, and I told you my daughter's going yeah. to Mississippi State, and there ain't nothing but yeah. farms around there. So you yeah. need to pitch, and you need to request the Utter Tuggers uniform. And I don't think Kratz went and got the hat because it would be absolutely perfect for you. Oh, God. Well, last year, I don't know if you saw this. Last year I threw there. I show up. They give me this jersey. And it's like, I'm talking, it goes down past my knees. It's huge. And I'm like, man, I can't I can't wear this jersey. Uh, so they ended up, got in the, in the clubby there, freaking, you want to talk about freaking out? Oh God, the jersey doesn't fit. You know, it ain't like the in the big leagues where you got your stuff custom to you, whatever. And he's freaking out trying to find a jersey. He's scrambling. He's like, "All right, try on your pants." I try on the pants where they're like wearing a like a garbage sack. They're huge, man. I'm like, I can't wear these pants either. Luckily, I brought my pants, so I went into the manager Joe Arrow and I said, "Joe, he was my first uh, pro ball manager in '15 when I got in," and said, Joe, I can't wear these pants. They're either super skin tight or they're huge. I said, I'm going to have to wear my cream pants. And is that okay? So he okayed it. So what they had is I had the cream pants and they had like a white jersey. Ended up getting a white jersey that fit. Um, so I was out there rocking a, rocking my rehab start, rocking a uh, white jersey with cream pants. And it, was, it looked awful, but, um, you know, it, it worked out. So. It's um, but next time I tell you what, if I, I I haven't heard of that jersey, is that the one where they got the cow print on it? I think I've I might have seen that one. It's right here. Big wheel. They'll change the camera. Oh, look at that! Look at them udders. That's that's, that's all you, kid. That's all you. That that is sick. Yeah. If, when I go back there and rehab, if I go back 
in rehab there, I'm gonna I'm gonna request that uniform. And you gotta buy the boys a little sign. You gotta be creative. You got some time. This is a little longer IL stint for you. And I saw what you're making in arbitration. The boys down there know what you're making in arbitration. So I heard what you said, Texas Roadhouse. I need you to be here. You're at a you're at like an eight or nine. I need you to be a ten, okay? Ruth's Chris. All right. Well, Texas Roadhouse might be the fanciest place they've got in these towns when you go to it. So you might have to this? give me some suggestions. How about this? How about we go a pregame Chick-fil-A, some nugs. Yeah. A post-game Texas Roadhouse. And maybe some J's for the boys down there. Everybody gets a gets a pair of J's. Ooh. Pair of J's. Well, if I was listen, <laughs> I'm an Adidas guy. So come on, man. <laughs> I might have to hook them up with some Adidas, not Jays, man. I'm team Adidas. Maybe some Costas. I, I can handle hey, that's a, you got that's a, I got some Costas on. Yeah. Maybe everybody needs some. I mean, minor league boys, they need hey. They need some they need some stuff. You know what? That's a good idea. And I, I'm a very giving person. So you know what? I, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. Think about it. You're you're, yeah, you're, a, guy. Like you're a generous guy. You can do it. Oh, yeah, people yeah. know. People know. I mean, that story, what was it? Maybe the first interview we did with you, the first combo earlier in the season about yeah. buying, buying some food for random people, picking up their tabs. Oh, like, yeah. That got around. Yeah. Love it. And Locaine, Locaine, pretty generous, too. He bought us a bunch of video cases one day. And I, this is when I was like, this is when my eyes got open to the big leagues a little bit. I was like, actually, I got a couple of stories: the Miami story, and then the uh, just the 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 games <laughs> games thing. So, okay, man, he, I'm 18, uh, debuting 17, up for a little bit, and then 18, I was up and down like six times, and 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 Locaine was like the one veteran when I would come up and down that would really just like sit down and talk to me, like and just have fun with me and mess with me. I was like, oh, okay, this is my guy here, so these little traveling game cases started coming out where you could take your console with you and it's got a TV in it and you just put it in there and flip it up, plug it in and, and play your video game. So we're, we're all talking about them. Maybe one guy's got one here. Well, look, Daniels are like, well, just take a piece of paper around and see who all wants one. And I was like, wow. I was like, dang, that's, that's big time. I've never seen this before. Like this guy's going to buy everybody a case. Well, you had folks who ain't never picked up a, a, a game, a controller, don't even know what Xbox, PlayStation is. They was writing their name down. You know, we had like 25, like the whole team, had like 25 folks buy one. I don't know how much it was. Low. It was, I mean, it was quite a bit of money, but he's just like, here you go. Boom. Bought it. A week later, these things are in the clubhouse. And I was like, this is the coolest freaking thing ever. And I'm like, if I ever get to this point, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do stuff like that and 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 try to take care of the boys. So then we get to Miami and I was hurt at this time in 19 with my uh, oblique, and I'm starting to come back. And uh, Gio Gonzalez was with us. He's from Miami. He um, he had a buddy down down there that had a Lamborghini, and I was like, oh man, I've never even seen one of these before. Like I'm from Mississippi. They, these things ain't even heard of. I was like, I just want, he's like, you can come see it. I was like, all right, cool. I want to come, I want to come over to your house and see it, whatever, sit in it, whatever. So show up to the game that night and uh, we're sitting in the dugout. He's like, he's like, big woo, turn around. Gio was like, big woo, turn around. His buddies are sitting behind the dugout and they've got a Lamborghini key and a Ferrari key. 
and they're like jingling them. They're like, oh, he's like, you're going to get, you're going to drive one. And I said, oh no. I said, look, I don't know. These things are like spaceships. These are like, I don't know what's going on, but I said, I ain't driving these things. He said, yes, you are. So good thing we won the game. So we come in the, the clubhouse for, you know, we got the music going. We go into the food room and Gio's and Counts walks in and Gio's like, Count. He's like, Big Woo's going to, he's like, he's going to drive it. And I'm like, pro, like, hey, I got to get on the bus. Like, I got to ride the bus back to the hotel. There's zero chance I'm not going with the team. Like, I know my place here. Like, I'm I'm going to hop on the bus, do the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not going by myself. And he's like, he's like, Big Woo's going to drive a Lamborghini, you know, this weekend. And Council's like, oh, that's sick, man. You know, have fun. So once he said that, I was all in. Like, I got over the hump of, like, got the manager's approval. So we show up, this white Lamborghini, brand new, 2020 at the time. I get in this thing, crank it up, and it had 83 miles on it. And I'm like, oh, my God. What? I said, what am I doing, man? I, I'm sweating. Like, it, it's got all these buttons in it and stuff. And I'm too big for the car. So I had it for the whole weekend. I'd valet it, and I'd, and I'd drive a different guy to the field every day. Well, the last night I had it, it was my wife's birthday. We were having a little birthday dinner for her, and all the wives and stuff were already uh, at the place in downtown. And um, so I was like, "Low man," I said, "Let's hop in the Lambo and let's let's go cruise. Let's you know, let's go meet them, and we'll go we'll go have dinner." So we get in there, we drop the top. You know, it's a beautiful night, Miami. We're in this Lamborghini, and you know everybody's looking at us. And we pull up to the to the valet. I've never been to this place. I don't even know where this place is. Pull up. Well, I like pull past the valet, miss it. And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't, I can't park this thing. And the guy's like, no, you can pull it in. So I just put this thing in reverse, you know, just not the the right etiquette to have a Lamborghini. I just throw this thing in reverse and back it in. And the guy goes, do you want to park it out front or do you want to uh, put it in the garage? And I'm looking at low, like, I, I think we should put it in the garage. I don't want nobody to see this thing. Lowe's like, nah, man. He's like, we're going to leave it out front. And the guy goes, it's either 50 bucks to park it in the, in the, uh, in the garage, or it's like, I don't know, a hundred bucks to, to, to leave it out front. He's like, no, we're going to leave it out front. So we get out. He said, he said, uh, we get out. He hands him like, I don't know, hand him a couple hundred bucks. He's like, here, man. He's like, it ain't nothing to a boss. <laughs> and I was like, he looked at me and said, big wood ain't nothing to a boss. He said, these pockets are heavy. <laughs> and when he said that, man, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, if I can ever make some low-cane money, I'm going to take care of the boys. <laughs> so that's my, that's, my, that's my favorite Lamborghini Miami story I've had, and I don't think anything's going to top that. But it, we just pulled up, and he just, he, just, he just reached in his pocket, handed the guy the money, and he goes, he's like, just keep the change. It ain't nothing to a ball. And when he said that, I about lost it, man. I about lost it. <laughs> Look at look at Low and Low. You're just playing it cool, just like you did with stealing bases on my knee here. Oh. Like, oh, I'm just chilling in Oklahoma with some with some farm <laughs> animals. No, you're you're driving the Lambo, just tipping a couple hundo, leaving wow. it out front. I love you, Big Woo, man. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if y'all need proof of that, I got pictures. We were taking pictures in front of the Lamborghini, the whole thing. It was fun. Woo, was it, it was, was I'm assuming it was like a Huracan. Lamborghini. It was a uh, yeah, it was the Huracan Evo Spider. It was like the, it had just come out for that year. So my bu my buddy of mine had one, and he let me take my daughter to homecoming court, and he had to drive around. So he gives it to me, and it's I, and he's same about the same size as me. I couldn't fit in it, so the only way I could drive it is I had to put the top down because I was too tall, 
And then the windshield was like right here. So I'm driving down the highway yep. and I can't decide if I'm supposed to go under the yep. top or <laughs> over the top of the windshield because it was too short. So I get out and I got a line on my forehead and it's from the wind, wind burn on my forehead that was over because I went yeah. under. So I'm driving this thing yeah, down the highway yeah. and I had a wind burn on my head because it was too big. So I, it's it was, not like you're six six or something. It, like, they, dude, they I'm made, telling you, who's it for? It's for I, five. Apparently, my buddy's a little short, fat guy. So apparently, it's for him. <laughs> <laughs> Look like Dino. Look like Dino in the in the Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, good story. We appreciate it. Obviously, we'll try and get low on as much as we can when we bring you on, Big Lou. So this is fun. We love it. We got plenty more stories. Bring it, bring All it. All right. Good to see you, bud. We'll, we'll catch up again in a few weeks and, and keep on that recovery trail. Yeah. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Hey, we have our next guest ready to go. Atlanta Braves pitcher Kyle Wright joining us right now on FT Live. Kyle, how are you? Good to see you, man. Oh, oh wait. I don't hear you. Uh-oh. He's, Uh-oh. he's on mute. We got a little mute action. Wait, try one more time, Kyle. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You think, you you think a guy that, that went to Vandy would know how to use a computer? Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't finish. I didn't finish school. That's the problem. Oh, Corbin doesn't teach you guys year. that? I thought at Vandy, first of all, at Vandy, they give you everything, right? They give you computers. You know, they have all these big leaguers come back and teach you guys. I mean, that's why everybody, kid, they give you 52 uniforms. I mean, that's why every kid wants to go to Vandy. Corbin doesn't teach you guys how to unmute yourself. I mean, what's happening? Yeah. Like I said, that was, that was the fourth year, so I missed that year. <laughs> hey, when you're like the fifth overall pick and you sign for like $20 million, it's okay. You can skip a year. No, 20 million. Come on. Seven? Yeah. I think you, seven, I think it don't, was. Don't misreport. Okay, sorry. Sign Close for enough. seven. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was way off. <laughs> hey, Kyle, first off, obviously, just how you feeling? How's everything going with the shoulder? Uh, feeling better. Um, you know, getting better every day. Uh, definitely a little frustrating, but um, first real injury. So um, just trying to, you know, make make the most out of each day each day but um we're getting there it's getting better is this is your first major injury or to, to deal with anything yeah 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 uh, first time missing time uh never first time like feeling anything in a game which was uh like pretty scary for me at the in the moment but um you know fortunately we're gonna be okay but yeah first one and um, not a not a fan of these mm-hmm. no not fun and and we actually had well like we had Brendan Woodruff on with us like what 30 minutes ago. He's the same way. I mean, he's he's mostly been on the field, obviously his, his whole career. He's like, dude, I'm I'm bored. It's like I'm just walking around talking shit to my teammates right now because I got so much <laughs> extra time and I can't play in the games. I know. Yeah, that's the hardest part is you, you do your stuff and then what do you do for the rest of the day? So um, that's yeah, that's about what I'm doing as well. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what what can you do? I mean. What do you like to do anyway um, when you're off the field or even if you're killing time at the ballpark? Are you a talker? Are you a reader? Uh, well, my big thing off the field is golf, so um, I can't do that either. So having to play a lot of video games while I'm at home, um, you know, at the field, I, I do my stuff and then I just kind of hang out, um, you know, play some golden tea in the locker room left-handed um, just to keep me, uh, get my golf fixed. But um, just hanging out with the guys, that's really the the best way to kill time and, you know, um, keep the sanity. <laughs> uh, so Kyle, um, wanted to go over, obviously, um, your relationship with the summit counseling center 
this season, which is an organization that provides professional counseling, psychological services, school-based mental health and community education services. Um, wanted to give you um, the floor to kind of explain more about what that is and then dive into some of the mental health components in the game and also what you've experienced um, really early on in your life mm -hmm. in that category. Yeah, so I think for a long time, uh, me and my wife have wanted to, you know, give back and, and, and do something, you know, productive other than just, you know, play baseball. So um, I've always been intrigued by mental health just because, unfortunately, it's kind of impacted. Um, you know, I've had a lot of things that have impacted my life because of it. And then obviously um, this game we play baseball is, you know, as taxing mentally as it, as anything. Um, so I've always just been, you know, had a, a you know, I've always wanted to do more and, uh, you know, I've understood the importance of it. Um, so Summit actually reached out to me um, and it was almost right away. It was like a perfect match. Um, you know, they're, they work in Atlanta. Um, it's exactly what I was looking for forward to you know they they work with schools which i think is really important to kind of um, work with kids at a younger age and understand that you know um, it's okay to you know talk about your feelings and um, get that off your chest so you know you can continue to grow and and uh, develop as a, as a person so um you know so far it's been a lot of fun working with summit they've, they've been fantastic um they've got a, a great group of people that do a lot of good stuff um so I'm looking forward to just continuing to working with them and hosting them throughout the season and, um, you know, continuing to grow in that relationship. Kyle, can you talk about some of your issues? Listen, I, we played, Lorenzo and I played, we know how hard baseball is. But yeah. for the outside people, they don't understand the grind and being away and answering questions after you go over four, you, you pitch one inning, give up a bunch of runs and come out of the game and you got to wait four days to pitch. Can, can you talk about your personal experience with this and, and just how hard it is? Yeah, you know, I think for me, I, I struggled significantly um, in the, at the big league level. Um, you know, first getting called up in 2018 as a September call up and just kind of getting my taste of, you know, had some success and had some bad outings. And then um, in 2019, get some chances to start. None of them went very well. Um, 2020, you know, struggled early on, kind of got on a little roll and then gave up seven runs in, in the first inning of the NLCS. Um, and then going back down in 2021 and again, struggling, had two starts in the big league level, both bad. And then, um, you know, I think it just started to beat myself up all the time, which I mean, I guess rightfully so, cause I wanted to do well. Um, and you know, that's again, kind of what we talked about earlier, first round pick and, you know, signed for this much supposed to be the, this guy already. And, you know, to struggle that much and, um, was, was frustrating and it was really tough to kind of, you know, fight that battle um, and not look too far into um, the struggles and try to figure out what I can do better. Um, so for me, I think once I finally, you know, really reset, that's what I did. I hit the reset button in all phases of, of the game, uh, mentally, physically, on the field, off the field. And I, I think that's kind of what really allowed me to grow um, as a person, as a player. And I think it's, you know, helped me, it helped me have a good season last year. And you know, hopefully we get the shoulder right and uh, have a good good rest of the season this year. Yeah, Kyle, as a, as a guy who, you know, we all, like I said, we all go through our struggles. We all deal with mm -hmm. stuff on and off the field, you know. Um, failing, failing in this game is tough. And, it, and if you allow, it will beat you down, man. And um, me, myself, personally, I didn't sleep well uh, a lot of nights, you know, when yeah. I would strike out or whatever the case may be, you know, just had a bad slump or whatever the case may be. And um, you just you just got to always figure out ways or find ways to, to get out of it and 
and keep pushing forward. Um, but for me, I had special people in my life that I can talk to that that um, just kind of motivated me and kept me going. Um, do you have people or or did you have this one certain thing that would help you overcome certain situations? Yeah, I think to your point, I, I, fortunately, I have a lot of good people in my life. Um, you know, obviously wife, my parents, brothers, friends. Um, but, you know, one of the guys that I turned to uh, pretty heavily was Zach Sorensen. Um, and he's our men's performance coach at the Braves. Um, and we really just kind of, we talked about so many things, obviously pretty heavily on baseball and routines and all that. Um, but, you know, it helped me so much on the field and I saw it translate to off the field. And then, then they just kind of, they really do coincide. Uh, um, so I think Zach has been a huge, huge um factor for me and um, you know really kind of turning my career around and uh, getting that mental side squared away and understanding you know how to how to you know how to handle failure and how to handle success um, has been a game changer for me so um, Zach's a guy that I, I have to give a lot of credit to. Did, did things change for you? I know you've been up and down and, and I know the story more because I was a Braves fan growing up, and I, I know the whole story. You won 20 games last year. But did did you going up and down, you said 21, you struggled. Then you get called up, and guess what? You pitch in the World Series, and you do great. Mm -hmm. Was Do you think that was the turning point? Not only the, the talks and everything, but then you get up to the big leagues, and on the biggest stage in the world, you go out and you're just like, shove, 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 shove. Do you think that was the main point where you said, man, all this work has finally become reality? Yeah, there was a, a couple different factors, I think. Um, you know, one, I think I finally just quit playing that game with myself, like, oh, I don't deserve this. I, I kept, I finally stopped feeling sorry for myself um, and understanding, you know, this is the reality. This is what it is. I should be here in AAA because I'm not pitching well. You know, I shouldn't be in the big leagues or because I'm not playing well. So that was one big thing. And again, I, I give that a lot of credit to Zach. And, you know, we worked through that. So um, I think understanding that and I actually went to work from there um, we really hit the reset button I, I started working with um, uh, Ben Brewster tread athletics uh, on the mechanical side and um, pitch wise and so I think kind of pair those two together and I really truly got back to myself uh, mentally physically and then I just started to buy into that and you know end up having a really good rest of the year in AAA and um, you know I got my chance in the World Series and you know, at that one, I hadn't pitched in the big league since my last start, um, which was, I don't know, maybe April or so. It was early in the year and it was bad. Um, so you never really know until you get back in there and do it in a game. Um, and then I then for it to translate as well as it did in, you know, in the World Series was um, a, really I, that's when I kind of knew I was like, you know, OK, um, I can do this. I believe in myself. My stuff's good enough. Um, you know, I've I really felt squared away from there. Did you you change your pitches though, right? You were you went from a in college you were a four seam slider guy, and then you went to a two because you changed your pitches when you went you kind of came up as one guy, then you went down and became a different guy, and then when you came back for that World Series, you were back to the old you, correct? Yeah, essentially. So like out of college and uh, really my first year of pro ball, I was mostly you know uh, four seam curveball, um, or I, I should say four seam and two seam. I always had a pretty good mix of both with the curveball, um, then kind of over time, uh, throughout my minor league career. And really when I first got called up is when analytics started to really take over. And that was when things turned into the, you know, four seams up, hard sliders down. And, um, it's just not what I did really well. Um, so it wasn't necessarily wrong, but I just 
for me and the way I throw in my arsenal, um, I, I had bad results because of it. Command was worse, got hit. Um, so then when I went back down, I 100% bought back into, you know, throwing the sinker, throwing the curveball, um, and then mixing in the other, the change up and cutter off that. And uh, that was, that was the turning point, just throwing that curveball as much as possible. And uh, I'm not trying to be so fine with my sinker. Um, you know, I think if you're throwing a sinker, you kind of want to encourage contact to an extent. Um, so I think just trusting those and, and uh, attacking the strike zone um, with those two was, was the ticket. I'm going to give you a confidence boost here. You probably already know this, but maybe not. So I know with the Summit staff, which I mentioned at the top there, you hosted them at a game recently, and they also had uh, their annual gala, a silent auction, where items were being auctioned off like Taylor Swift tickets, which are pretty expensive, um, Braves tickets along with uh, donated signed items. I'll ask AJ this too. Which do you think went for more? AJ and I know you've seen some some T Swift ticket prices. Well, I ain't buying the Taylor Swift tickets. I don't care about her, so I'm taking this. <laughs> I know you're not tickets. buying them, and you don't care, right? Well, guess what? That's what happened. the The auction went in favor of the tickets and the well, sign items. Have you been to a Braves game lately? Kyle's there. Listen, there's not an empty seat in that place. In forget an empty seat, you can't even walk around the battery without. I mean, you're the whole time. You're, trying to walk from anywhere. Yeah, those tickets are hard to come by. So, yeah, and then you're throwing in 20-game winner signing stuff. Yeah, that's 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 good item. So you beat Taylor Swift, Kyle. Yeah, I, I was shocked to see that. But uh, I guess to your point, AJ, um, the Braves games are always packed. So uh, people here love their love their Braves baseball. So, um, yeah, I was shocked, though. It's okay. <laughs> you can say, yeah, I, I signed a ball or two yeah. for them, you know. It's okay. You can toot your own horn on the show. We'll let you. <laughs> Not this time, maybe for something else, but I, I was shocked here. <laughs> All right, so, so let's circle back to what's next for you personally, what you want to do um, in terms of the mental side of the game. Like, are there still components that you want to add to your routine or that you'd like to explore that you're learning and how you can give back in that category as well. In addition to doing this, which obviously is great, and then we can blast this out to people, but I know you're working like, you know, kind of feet on the ground in this department too. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I, I think for for and my experience with baseball, um, you know, I think always it'll, I'll keep working, I keep changing things just because every game of baseball is different. Um, one game is completely different than the next. So I think that's the fact that it's always evolving. I think you kind of have to always evolve with it. Um, that's something, you know, like I said, me and Zach work on a lot and, um, we talk through those things, talk through the games, um, you know, what do we do well, what can we do better and how are we going to do it? Um, so that's kind of, for me, that's always going to evolve. And, uh, you know, right now I, I, I'm really enjoy working with summit. Um, you know, I think they do a lot of great stuff. So, um, I see us working together for a while. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can do some even cooler things as, as we continue to grow and, um, you know, hopefully bring some more awareness to this, but, you know, I, I don't have any specific plans in that regard, but, um, you know, like I said, Summit's doing great work and I'm um, looking to see how far we can take this thing. This is awesome. Yeah, appreciate it, Kyle. Great to talk it out and um, we'd love to have you back soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. Get well soon too, man. Kyle Wright of the Atlanta Braves joining us. That's really, good stuff. He really is a remarkable story. Yeah. Not, not only, I mean, the mental health side is what's people think. We, we always keep talking about this, but... Mm-hmm. I think he was the fifth overall pick. He signed for $7 million. Yep. 
Okay. So then he comes in and he struggles. Like he, they people think, oh man, you signed for, you're just going to be in the big leagues. Well, he talked about it. He was up and down. And then he finally realized, man, I need to make adjustments. And he did that. And at the end of the day, Locaine, you can talk this, you got to be yourself. Yeah. And if you don't trust what you're doing, mm-hmm. you can have all the coaches in the world. And if the coach tells you to throw high four seamers and you're like, this ain't me, guess what? It ain't going to work. And he figured that out with the help of a lot of people. And then he went back to seam curveball. He won 20 games last year. Pitched great in the po- I mean, in the 21 World yeah, Series. He's got stuff. He's got But talent. still, yeah. you, don't, you can have the greatest stuff. And, Lo, how many players you play with that were unbelievably talented, but guess what, up here? Right. They couldn't figure it out. How many top picks? You know, if you think about it, how many top picks where you see that, you know, some never make it to the big leagues or they, or they falter out real, real, really quick. So, you know, it doesn't matter. You got to go up there and get it done regardless. And, um, yeah, it's a mental game for sure. Hey, so this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we encourage you to check out the app. And also, um, there is a code that you can use for 10% off your first month. So, Flo, just to continue on the topic here for a moment, what, what did you do? I know you said sleep issues sometimes. What did you do to combat that? You mentioned family support. Would it yeah. be trying to get a routine down late at night so you can chill and forget about the pressures that you're dealing with during the day or in a night game? Yeah, because like I said, when you're growing up, no one no one teaches this, teach you this, teach you this stuff, you know, when you're growing up. You know, you just kinda you go to tell you be tough and you just try to figure it out on your own. And um after a while though it kinda it starts to affect you over time. You know, I had a uh time during my, my, my minor league career where I wanted to quit, you know, because I was struggling so bad. I remember going, it was over 50 in the minor leagues, man. And I just, in my mind, I'm like, man, my life is over. You know, that's, that's how, that's the things you think about when you're struggling in baseball. And, you know, my mom was a big supporter in my, in my life. And without her and other people in my life, man, I, I don't know if I play as long as I did. So you just, it, it helps to have great people in your life, mentors, um, also other players speaking about it, that helps more, more than most of us realize, I think. So other players, man, Lorenzo, he's going through this, AJ, he's going through this to hear from those guys. It makes them feel like they're not alone because as men, no one, you don't really want to come out and say, Hey man, I'm struggling with this. or I'm struggling with that. But mentors, other players, we all got to kind of lean on each other. True. And I think another thing that, that Kyle talked about the routine as a baseball player, you got to have a routine. You got to mm-hmm. have something that you can fall back on when mm-hmm. things are going, not the way you think. And you, and we, people call them superstitions, but really it's a routine. And we've had this conversation before mm-hmm. that as a player, you get into a routine and you say, okay, this is what I do every single day. And I'm going to do it like this every single day. And I know that I can trust what I'm doing every day. Now, does it always work? No. But at least you have something to fall back on if things start getting out of control. You can say, all right, well, I got out of my routine. My routine is I go to the field at 1.30, and then I have then I have lunch, and then I hit in the cage, and then I work out. or Whatever you're, whatever it is, you have to figure that out. But it has to be a personal thing you figure out because you can I can talk to you about it, and you, you look at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, this is what works for me because mm-hmm. everyone does something different. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to figure that it's if there's people you can talk to and that can help you figure that out. Because baseball's hard; it's really hard. Oh yeah. So, so that 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 for me was the thing. I had to have a routine, 
that I could fall back on. And then I had to have people, of course, in your life that you can talk to and say, oh, I suck at this. Or I'm doing this. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you need someone to talk to. And, and on that front, um, to give you some more info on better help, if, if you need someone to talk to, this is one of those places that you can go um, on the app and you can get a real conversation going with a professional. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. It matches you up with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime, no additional charge. Um, I'm on there. I'm exploring and having conversations. There's a journal on there. There's there's text back and forth. There's conversations. You can find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash FT Live today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash FT Live.